Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. How's that for a great intro? Uh, we're in the book of Matthew, and uh, we, we looked at a couple weeks ago. I, I wanted to tell you also, if you missed last week, go on our website, and uh, you have to do double duty uh, because we had two messages this last week. Uh, from our two interns, and they're both fabulous. Be an encouragement to your soul. Um, and some of you look like you need some encouragement to your soul. Okay? You know who you are this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, we've gone through Peter's finest hour uh, as he has spoken with Jesus, and it turns pretty quickly for Peter as we look this morning. Um, he goes from one who does well uh, to one who maybe uh, missed the point of touch. So if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day raised when peter and peter took it aside took him aside and began to rebuke him saying far be it far be it from you lord this shall never happen to you but he turned and said to peter get behind me satan you are a hindrance to me For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would speak to us in our humanity this morning. And that you would change us to come in line with your plan, the will of your son Jesus as we are his church. God, thank you for your word and your spirit which guides us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we pick up at verse 21 and it tells us that uh, Jesus is sharing the message, his message, and his life, his life, his message and his life. And those two can be one and the same, that Jesus was living out his life, which was his message. He, he was going about doing what he does and showing them what he was all about, his purpose. It uses this word show, and this is a transition passage once again to say what was going on. It, it summarized what, what the conversations were about, how Jesus was going about his interactions with the disciples. And it's as if he was in some ways holding back the plan before him, before the disciples, and now he unrolls it and lays it out before them. He is showing them what's going on, what his purpose is. Matthew is a book about him being the king, and he has given bits and pieces both about him being the king and his kingdom being different, and now he is going to share with them where it's going to go from here. It says that he's and to show his he is showing his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders chief priests and scribes 
that's already happened. That's already uh, been initiated. And yet he is expecting more. And part of the plan is to go to Jerusalem and suffer more things. Uh, How many of you put that on your schedule for this week? I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking forward to going towards the suffering. I, I know that suffering is awaiting me in Jerusalem, and I know who are the ones that are going to cause me to suffer, and that's the direction I'm going. This is Jesus' plan, and I, I don't want to just say that it's Jesus' plan. It's the Father's plan as well. That as we look at the Gospels, and as we see, and you can look back to that last verse. Uh, we looked at two weeks ago. In verse 20, it says, Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. And you remember that, uh, you probably don't remember because it was two weeks ago, but I said two weeks ago that this was part of the plan of God being worked out, that Jesus was not going to let anyone distract him or derail him from his purpose of going to the cross in his timing. Or the Father's timing as that plan was coming about. And so now it's time where he is sharing with the disciples, this is the plan. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to Jerusalem and suffer more uh, from these three groups, really the religious leaders of the day. He says, I'm, I'm going to suffer from the elders, chief priests, and the scribes. And we know if you've read farther in the book of Matthew or the other Gospels that that did happen. That they led the charge. That they caused him to suffer. It's an interesting thing when we look at uh, the life of Christ. We realize that he was in control the whole time. He was, uh, we, you know, we'll get there eventually, but... Who crucified Jesus? How would you answer? That's a trick question, by the way. That's a trick question. You could say, well, it was people. It was the, it was the crowds. They cried, crucify him. And ultimately, they, they did. They did. It was the Jews. Or, or maybe it was the Romans. Maybe it was the Romans. Or was it the Jews? Or the Romans? It, was, it seems like it was the Romans because the Romans were the guards that were there. And they were, and, and you start going through this and you say, so, well, it was those leaders, the Pontius Pilate and the other. Well, maybe it wasn't because they were pressured to. Who was really, what really happened? And I want to say this. Jesus gave himself up. He gave himself up according to the plan of the Father for us, for us, for worthless sinners like us. And I don't want to get too far away from this as a church this morning that we are not worthy for Jesus to go to the cross. And yet as he looked at his disciples, he says, I'm going. This is the plan. I I show it to you. I want to give you the steps. I'm going to go and suffer part of the plan and i want to say it this way it's part of his magnificent plan it wasn't a bad plan it's a good plan it's a costly plan for the salvation of our souls to suffer he says i'm going to go to suffer i got ahead of myself a little bit i started talking about jesus and that's what happens to suffer and then to be killed, to be killed. 
that Jesus, as he saw the suffering ahead of him, he realized that it would culminate in his death, that it would come to an end in his death, that it wasn't just a suffering for a period of time and then it would be over and then everyone would turn, but that his suffering would go to the point of death. This is what Jesus knew was coming. This is what he knew the Father's plan was. And so he lets them in on it. He lets his disciples in on on what's going to happen. I consider this, and it's hard to imagine. Uh, Christ knew the plan. He followed the plan. He uh, embraced the plan that out in front of him, he knew the road would not lead him to escape death, but would end in death. That this road that he took, this plan that was going to be go before him, he knew that it would come to the point of death. If I told you, uh, you know, it, it's sometimes difficult to counsel people about the future, right? As a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, we, we don't know what the future holds, we know the one who holds the future, right? We, we understand that, that God is in control. And I want to be a preacher that says to people, hey, don't worry, it's going to get better. But Jesus told his disciples, let, let me tell you about the path that I'm taking. Go to Jerusalem, suffer, and die. If that's the end of the story, we're in trouble. We are in trouble here this morning. It's not, though. Jesus laid out the plan Suffer, die, resurrection. (laughs) Suffer, die, resurrection. Death would not be death. Jesus knew it. Um, He he laid it out before them. The disciples struggled with the message. They they struggled to embrace it and to understand it. We'll get that in a moment. But it says that uh, he's going to go suffer and be killed. But yet this, in, in the end of verse 21... And on the third day, be raised. On the third day, be raised. Bodily resurrection. That his death would not be death. In fact, we get a picture of this. And I I want you to understand that this is the message of Jesus for you this morning. Suffering, death, resurrection. Suffering, death, resurrection. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ here, two out of three. Suffering, death than death no resurrection you say well there's not persecution for the unbeliever there's not but life is still hard and there's suffering involved we live in a sinful world and you know what Uh, there's not the death of a saint if you don't believe in jesus but i want to tell you this there's still death suffering death no resurrection Jesus lays this out. He, we see in John 11, if you want to turn over there, death of Lazarus, he's speaking to Martha, the sister, and he says this, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I want to tell you that believing in Jesus Christ, his Death and resurrection is our path to the resurrection ourselves. That we would have life even though we die. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, uh, 
suffering and death. That is what awaits you. I don't say that to scare you. I, I say that to warn you, to co- compel you to say, come out, come out, uh, come out of this life and trust in Jesus, the one who died on your behalf. So Jesus gives his message, uh, his life. He lays it out before them. And we, we go from there to really Peter's response, verse 22. And I, I want to say this, Peter attempts or in his own mind, feels the need to manage Jesus. <laughs> the ultimate control freak. God in the flesh before you, and you want to tell him what to do and what not to do. And I wish that I, I, I could say that none of us were like that. But maybe we would be, just like Peter. This is what he says in verse 22. He says, and Peter took took him aside. Uh, have you ever taken anyone aside? You know, you're amidst the disciples, you're, you're a group of people, and you realize someone's wrong, and you go, come here, I want to talk to you for a minute. I want to take you aside. I want to straighten you out. Some of you are good at this. Done it to me. Thank you. Do it more often. Do it more often. I need it. We... we we seek to straighten someone out. We seek to enlighten them and, and, and cause them to rethink their plan before them. And this is what Peter does. He seeks to manage Jesus. And that's pretty bold when you think you can manage God, right? Tell him what he should and shouldn't do. What does he say? He, he says, to Jesus forbid it. This idea here is that it, it can't be, it, it's not something. And he even refers to him as Lord, acknowledging his, his superiority. But he says, no, th- this is not the plan for you. It can't be. It can't be. He says to him, this shall never happen to you. It'll never happen. Peter, uh, undoubtedly in his own heart, saying, I won't let it happen. We'll see that later, won't we? Guy with the sword who will take off your ear in a moment's notice. Peter says, I'm not going to let this happen. This isn't going to happen. This is a wrong plan, Lord. Can't do it this way. What you said should not be true. And we find Peter going from the, the previous passage where he acknowledged that Jesus was the Lord in Christ, that he was the one, the Messiah that was to come. We, we see that in the previous passage. It's his finest hour. And now Peter says, no, Jesus, you can't do it. And basically he was saying in the previous passage, you can be my Christ, my Savior. I'm excited. I know I identify you as the Messiah. And now in this conversation, he's saying, I won't let you be. <laughs> I won't let you go to the cross. Peter wasn't getting it. And sometimes you and I, we don't get it, do we? You say, well, they didn't record all my things that I didn't get in the Bible. They didn't. <laughs> you're not Peter. <laughs> Could have been. We, we look at this and we see Peter standing in the way 
of Jesus going to the cross, standing in the way of the plan of God, standing in the way of redemption. Jesus uh, rebukes Peter, and I was trying to think of a better way to say that, but I want you to hear the word rebuke. Uh, and, And that idea of rebuke, it's not the idea of Jesus being rude or unkind to to Peter. But it's important that that Jesus straighten us up. That that he, as he works in our lives, abruptly come to us and show us the error in our ways. We're we're proud people. We're, We're full of ourselves. We find ourselves to be smart, able. We we come from a long line of that type of people. We, we love our upbringing. We love our city. We love our, our situation. And yet, we need to be following the plan of God, the plan of Jesus, to be embracing His desire in the steps that we take. And so we see, as we look down, we see Jesus' response to Peter's Really, Peter's rebuke of him, his managing of him. And he says this, in verse 23, but, but, he turned, he, but he turned and said to Peter, and now we picture them almost probably face to face, and he says, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Peter was well-intentioned. He was not not one that thought he was following the plan of Satan, that he was compelled by Satan to to say these things to Jesus. Peter thought that he was helping out his friend, that he was uh, making sure his master didn't do something that was wrong. He, He thought he was helping But what did Peter do? He said something. He he had a different plan. He had a different idea. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. We're struggling with this word Satan, this idea of the enemy. The enemy. The, the, The greatest enemy of Christ, I would even say. I would say... The, the picture here is he is the adversary. He's spoken of as such. Uh, in First Peter, he's called the roaring lion, seeking to devour. He, he's prowling around, going about, seeking to destroy and disrupt. And Satan is at work in the time of Christ right now in, the, in the, this message. And so the disciples are hearing the plan of God. This is where he's going. And Peter says, no, I got a better plan. I got a different plan. And Jesus makes clear to him that his plan isn't a good one by saying this, get behind me, Satan. Think Peter was shocked at his words? (laughs) Whoa. But but Jesus, I'm looking out for your best interest. But Jesus, it seems fair foolishness to go to Jerusalem if suffering awaits you and even death. Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. 
you know, it, it wasn't Jesus' plan what Peter outlined. It, it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the plan of the Father. I, I want to tell you this. It, it, it wasn't even really Peter's plan that he outlined, but it was Satan's plan. And this is the tough thing for us to gather here this morning. And this is going to get real personal. For us, this happens all the time. We think we're doing the right thing. We think we've got the best answer. We think we're instructing someone in a way that they need to know. And and we think that we have the plan of God. Peter would not have said, you know, I was talking to Satan last week and he gave me some insight into this and I just wanted to carry his message to the Savior. No way. But that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. The plan of Satan worked in the lives of people to try to derail Jesus from going to the cross. As we look at this, Jesus says, uh, get behind me, Satan. And then he says, you are a stumbling block to me. You're getting in the way. You see, Jesus is marching to the Father's plan. He is taking deliberate steps to the cross that he might uh, go pay the penalty for us and rise again, conquering death and death and and sin. And as he goes to that, as he's marching, Peter's trying to stop him. Peter thinks he's got what is best, but he doesn't. In fact, if he could stop Jesus, he would stop redemption. Think of that right now. And so Jesus uses uh, deliberately uh, grand words, Satan stumbling block. You're not helping me. You're not in step with the plan of God. I want to tell you, um, this happens for pastors all the time. Pastors think they are doing the work of God. They're doing the work of Satan. They're being used by him. This happens to mothers and fathers all the time. They, They seek to raise their children and, and they're, they're seeking to guide them and stop them from this and keep them from this. And, and, and without asking the question, is this the will of God? Is this part of his plan? Or is this just part of my plan? Is this what I think is best? This happens to siblings and friends, well-meaning friends. This happens to elders. This happens to everybody, everyone who follows after Christ. We have the danger of thinking that we know better the will of God. That that we can somehow uh, stand in the way. We can redirect this. And so uh, this morning, I, I want you to see the danger. The same danger that Peter fell into is a danger for us here this morning. Jesus ends up his rebuke to Peter by saying this, and Look down at it in God's Word. Verse 23 at the end, he says this, For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. 
your man's wisdom, your smart thoughts, they haven't been helpful for you in this situation, Peter, because you are being used by Satan to try to stop me. This morning, I have three things for us as we walk through life that we would walk in the will of God instead of the will of man. First thing is this, to remember this, Jesus had his purpose, suffer, die, resurrection. That same message, first of all, Jesus lived, Jesus lived that message, suffer, die, resurrection. That's the same path for us as believers. Last week, Ben preached from uh, 1 Peter, and he explained that suffering is not something unusual for the believer, and so we shouldn't be shocked by it. When things don't turn out the way you wanted them to, ask the question, whose plan is this anyways? Plan of God. Why is this happening? God, why, why, why? And, And you can come up with the answer if it's happening. It was somehow part of the will of God. And for you to go with him instead of fight against him and try to make your own way. Suffer, die. Resurrection. Resurrection. This is Jesus' purpose, and it should be our purpose as well. Second thing for us to remember is this. Very important. I wish I could say it more powerfully, but this is all I got for you this morning. We may think we know, but we don't know. We may think we know, but we don't know. I want to tell you that uh, you, you may be super confident And you may be confidently wrong on the will of God. Maybe confidently wrong. Are are you more spiritual than Peter? Are you more godly? Are you more in tune with Jesus than Apostle Peter? Maybe. Maybe you are. Maybe you're not, though. Okay? And maybe the things you're fighting for and the way you're trying to redirect the train... It's not the way our Lord wants it to go. And so for us to remember, we, we think we know, but we may not know what the will of God is. And then thirdly, we should ask this question. What plan are we searching and marching to? What is the plan that we're searching and marching to? Most of us plan our lives in the, in the way where we're trying to manipulate the the future events so that we can do what we want to do. So we can get where we want to go. We're searching to work the plan in such a way so it works out well for us. We're, we're, we're looking for those things that, and when we see those doors open, we shoot through them and say, ha I got what I wanted. But I want to tell you what the Lord, His example to us, was that he followed the will of the Father. And what he was calling Peter to, what he was sharing with them, what he was bringing him back to, it's not your will, Peter. It's not your plan, Peter. It's not your brain and your leadership skills we need, Peter. Just get in line. Get in step. Follow my plan. Suffering. Dying. And the resurrection. 
This morning, I want to encourage you to take a step back in your own life and your own plans and ask yourself the question, am I seeking the will of God? Am I following Him? Am I in step with what He's doing? Or am I trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross? Am I trying to tell the Lord what He should and shouldn't do? Please join with me in prayer. God, help us to do this. God, I look uh, upon us as a congregation where we struggle with self-will. Our own ideas. Our own plans. We argue with you on what you can and can't do. We, we try to stop you from doing things that are part of your plan. And God, we ask that you would make us your humble followers. God, thank you for your grace that even as Peter was your son called him the plan of Satan, that you connected those things for him, that you did not throw him aside, but in redemption you called him back and you caused him even to be one that you built your church upon. You used him greatly. God, in our weakness, in our failings, please use us greatly as well. Do your work in your church, we pray. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.